Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Guys, today our topic is Thanksgiving starts in your head, not on your plate. Or maybe I should say not with your plate. That's probably better English. Um, Yeah, we're going to talk all about Thanksgiving today because the holiday is coming. And so I want to make sure that you guys are in a good place when it comes to nutrition Thanksgiving is one of those things that we kind of want to, we kind of want to keep at arm's length. You know, sure, I'll change some habits. Sure, I'll try to eat healthier, but don't touch Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is sacred. And fun fact about me, Thanksgiving is absolutely my most favorite meal. Now, that's not totally surprising or off the wall because Thanksgiving is a lot of people's favorite holiday meal. Um, I love turkey. I love all the sides. But here's what you don't know. I don't like pumpkin. I know. I don't like pumpkin. I know there are a million of you guys out there that love pumpkin, pumpkin everything. And you're thinking in your head right now, I don't even know if I can listen to her. She doesn't like pumpkin. She doesn't like coffee. How can we take advice from somebody like this? You know what? I'm just going to throw in a third one just for good measure. I don't like chocolate ice cream. There, you have it all now. (laughs) All right. But today, in all seriousness, I want to talk about Thanksgiving and how I can set you guys up for success. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about, you know, why you can't eat stuffing or why you can't eat sweet potatoes because I will tell you, My number one rule is I will not ever ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And we're not touching the sides, right? The sides are sacred. We've already determined that the Thanksgiving meal is sacred. But what we can do is change our thoughts around it. All right, so we're going to talk about four main points today. And you guys, you might want to grab a notebook for this one because there are going to be a lot of ideas here that you might resonate with and... You know, you can always listen to the podcast again, you know, and as always, feel free to share it with somebody you know that would also benefit from the information. But uh, a notebook would be good in this, in this particular case. So number one is I want you to think about what do you want the meal to look like? All right. So if you have specific health goals, whether it is you know, a medical condition you're trying to control with diet, if it's weight management, you know, whatever your goal may be, I want you to think about your goal. And then I want you to think about what do you want the meal to look like? If you can, I want you to visualize it, right? I want you to visualize that plate in front of you, close your eyes if you need to. And I want you to think about what would your ideal plate look like? You know, the one that has your health goals in mind, but also has, you know, I want to enjoy the meal in mind. Because both can happen. It has to happen. That's how we do this thing long term. It's not an either or. 
I remember one time I, and I may have shared this a while back, but I remember I had a guy who, um, I met with him after Thanksgiving and he walked in and he was so proud of himself. And he's like, I ate only turkey and green beans this year. And I was like, oh, that's nice. He's like, what? Why aren't you proud of me? Why aren't you like so excited? Like you usually get when I do something that, when I do something good. <laughs> like, well, I don't know. I was like, did you want turkey and green beans? He's like, no, of course not. I wanted all the other stuff, but I, you know, I was trying to be good this year. I was like, well, I don't know. Turkey and green beans sounds depressing. You know, I'm sure there was a, I'm not saying you did anything wrong if you wanted turkey and green beans, but there's got to be a balance. And I, I talk to you guys about balance all the time because that is truly how you stay with things, right? It has to work that way. I'm not, you know, condoning eat everything that was offered to you, but it's okay to have balance, it absolutely is. So I want you to think about, you know, think about the foods you typically eat on Thanksgiving. Write them out. Make a list. You know, for my Thanksgiving, it's usually turkey, stuffing, um, what we call it potato filling because I grew up in Lancaster County, uh, sweet potatoes, uh, sometimes corn, and then some type of vegetable, whether it's green beans or asparagus uh, if I'm making it, sometimes even Brussels sprouts. And then there's usually applesauce. There's rolls. And then dessert. Right? So that's what, what we have at our Thanksgiving meal. That may be similar to yours or it may look different. I know I hear a lot of people, you know, they're, they say mashed potatoes as well. Um, or they say macaroni and cheese or different side dishes, right? So write out all the foods that you typically eat on Thanksgiving. And then I want you to circle the ones that are non-negotiables. What are the ones that you absolutely must have on your plate for it to feel like Thanksgiving? All right. What are the ones you have to have on your plate to make it feel like Thanksgiving? Ah, cranberry sauce. Forgot cranberry sauce too. All right. The ones that are just, eh, I just put them on my plate because it's the, you know, it's offered. Okay. Well, maybe those are ones that are easier to pass on this year. But I want you to think about what would I want my plate to look like if I have my health goals in mind and I have a, I want to enjoy this meal in mind. All right. I want you to think about what are your health goals for that day. And I want you to think about what are your health goals for that week. That's important because sometimes we focus just on the day, but one day, as we know, isn't going to make or break you. So sometimes looking at, okay, well, what are my goals for the week can be helpful in putting things into context. And I want you to write it out, right? There's a lot of thoughts that run through your head every day. I think it's the numbers over 6,000. And if you're hosting, you know, you've got 6,050 thoughts running through your head right now. So give all your thoughts about nutrition a landing spot. Like go get a piece of paper, grab a pen, and I want you to just write it out a little bit. Visualize what, not only the plate in front of you, visualize how you're going to eat it. You know, think about the speed. Think about where you're going to be. You can even visualize the moments leading up to the meal. 
You know, if your family does an appetizer time or if your family does some type of activity before, like actually put yourself, close your eyes, put yourself in that moment and walk your way through the entire meal of how you want to, we'll say, perform. The thing about visualization is when you go through the process of doing it beforehand, when you actually get to the moment, when you actually get to the, the literal meat, the meal that you're about to eat, it's not as difficult because, because your brain thinks that you've been there before. It makes your decisions easier. I hope that makes sense, right? If you walk your way through the meal ahead of time, then when the meal actually comes to be, your brain will be like, oh yeah, we've done this. First we do this, then we do that. You know, athletes do it all the time. They visualize what they're going to do before a meet. So that way, you know, when the gun goes off, when the whistle blows, they just perform on muscle memory. So why not do it with nutrition too? You know, I think a lot of us are like, oh yeah, yeah, I could do that. And then we just dismiss the thought just as quickly. This is where the work is done. This is where, you know, thoughts actually you know, manifest themselves and you can figure out, is this a thought I want to hold on to? Or, you know, do I want to create a new thought? Is this what I really want my Thanksgiving day to look like? Or do I want it to look like this? Put it on paper first. Think about it ahead of time. Do not try to wing it. If there's anything you know at this point, if you are a long-term listener, you know how against I am to just trying to wing it and figure it out as you go. It doesn't work. All right, so that's tip number one. I want you to think about what do you want your meal to look like and then visualize it, put it on paper, make a plan. Use the part of your brain that has your goals in mind. All right, number two. Here's the thing when it comes to Thanksgiving and diet mentality. The actual day of Thanksgiving doesn't matter at all. It's what you do and how you think the day after Thanksgiving. That is going to be the most important day. For a lot of us, we overeat on the Thanksgiving meal. Or we just overeat the whole entire day. Okay. Okay. But what are your thoughts the Friday after Thanksgiving? Do you get right back into it? Do you start your breakfast with a you know tried and true breakfast that fuels you and energizes you? Or are your thoughts, well, I already screwed it up. I might as well just keep going. Right? Let's think about this for a second. Roughly one pound is 3,500 calories. Now I did some research. What's the average Thanksgiving meal? The average Thanksgiving meal is about 1,600 calories. Now, if you're eating other food throughout the day, then chances are you might be, I don't know, 3,500 calories, 4,000 calories for the day. I'm just going to shoot, you know, I don't know. I have no clue what your caloric intake is the entire day. But if the average meal is 1,600 and, you know, you're still going to have other meals, then maybe you're eating 3,500 calories that day. So... 
if you do the math, 3,500 calories is a pound. All right, so you gain a pound. Okay, right? Now, I'll tell you this. The scale is not going to say a pound. For some of you, that scale is going to say more than a pound. And it's not because you gained four pounds of fat. You didn't. There's no possible way, right? Because for you to gain four pounds of weight, you would have had to consume 14,000 calories above and beyond what your needs were. And I know you didn't eat 14,000 calories. You probably only ate 3,500 extra calories. So we have to remember what is happening on the scale if you weigh ourselves. So when you eat carbohydrates, your body brings three to four grams of water in for every gram of carbohydrate you eat. And let's be honest, Thanksgiving is a carbohydrate holiday. It's a lot of carbs. And so when you get on the scale and that scale jumps up the next day, you are not measuring fat weight. You are measuring water weight. But you're going to create a thought that, oh my goodness, see, everything's ruined. I, I messed everything up. I'm not, you know, and Christmas is coming. You know what? I'll just, I'm just going to let myself do whatever I want. And then I'll start January 1st. And there's a lot of damage that can be done between Thanksgiving and January 1st. And that's not helpful. So I want you to think about if you overindulge on the holiday, okay. Can we agree to move on? How you behave on Friday is a better indicator of your success than what happened on Thursday. I tell this to my clients all the time. I don't care if you mess up. Of course you're going to mess up. You're human. I mess up all the time. What I care about is your response to the mess up. Do you look at it as a complete and utter failure and now you can't even try anymore? Or are you like, yeah, it happened. You know, some of the things I tried, some of the things worked, some didn't. But I'm right back in it. And you're going to be just fine. All right, this kind of goes along with tip number two. But tip number three is you need to ditch the all or nothing thinking. I'm reading a book right now by John Acuff called Soundtracks. And when we have what I call faulty thoughts, um, we have to be able to challenge them. And how we challenge them is asking ourselves three questions. Is that thought true? Is it helpful? And is it kind? All right. For so many of us, we have been brainwashed and conditioned to believe that when it comes to dieting, it has to be all or nothing. And I will tell you right now, that is a lie. That is not true. So telling yourself it has to only look this way, just like my guy, it has to be turkey and green beans if I'm ever going to be successful. That's a lie. And you know it's a lie because you see people out in the world eating more than turkey and green beans and being okay. They're just fine. How they're fine is how they respond to all of this. They don't start creating a bunch of rigid rules that they can't follow. So this all or nothing thing is not helpful. And I'm going to give you two examples of where the all or nothing thing creeps in. So I always tell people when it comes to nutrition, we're always talking about what we're eating and the volume. So the type of foods you're eating and how much. And so I want to give you an example of the all or nothing thinking when it comes to the type of food and to the volume. So 
where I think people get tripped up when it comes to the type of food is they look to Thanksgiving to be, it's like go big or go home. All right. So I'm going to dump in every, or no, I want to say dump in. That's not right. I'm going to research and collect every, you know, indulgent, decadent recipe I can to make this the best meal ever. Right. So we pick mashed potatoes, even though we usually make mashed potatoes, maybe with, you know, 2% milk and a little bit of butter. But on Thanksgiving, we're going to make it with heavy cream and four times the butter and sour cream, right? Because these are going to be the best mashed potatoes ever. Even though we like our mashed potatoes the way they were, but we're looking at this as an opportunity to go off the rails and cheat, right? So we find every high calorie, high sugar, high fat recipe we can to make every dish the, like I said, the most decadent it can be. That's an all or nothing thinking, we don't have to do that. We can balance our plate. Why not use some of your healthier dishes and use them for your Thanksgiving meal? It doesn't have to be a go big or go home moment. There are some side dishes that can be more indulgent, and there can be some that are healthier. You know, even if you go to a restaurant, you don't typically seek after a plate that's all really rich foods. It's too much. You know, a good chef knows that you need to balance flavors and textures and consistencies. That's where you get a, you know, really rich experience. Not by just putting in as much butter and sugar as you can into every dish. I have a sweet potato recipe. And you put brown sugar in the sweet potatoes, and then you make a brown sugar topping, uh, you know, for like as a, a like a nice crust on top like there is no reason to put brown sugar in the sweet potato the mashed sweet potato section the sweet potatoes are sweet enough but yet somebody thought well you know what what would make this better let's add even more brown sugar to it let's add it in every area that we can I can't say I notice a difference from when I put this the brown sugar in the sweet potatoes and when I don't can't tell the difference at all so then why would I right? It's not an all or nothing moment. Another place where people go into the all or nothing thinking is, well, I've already screwed up by eating too much. I might as well just stuff myself at this point. It's almost like you're punishing yourself, right? That doesn't even make sense. I'm already bad today, so I might as well keep going. Well, first of all, that's not true. It's not helpful and it's not kind, You wouldn't do that to a child. If the child says they're full, you know, and you're like, well, you were bad because you had stuffing and potatoes. So here, just keep eating now as like a punishment. But yet we do it to ourselves. I already messed up by taking an extra serving. So I might as well just go back for more and finish it off so that, you know, it's not a problem for me tomorrow. Now, for some of you, hopefully these are not your thoughts. But I know there was a time when these were mine. And so if these were my thoughts, then there's a chance that for some of you listening out there, they could be yours as well. So just some things to pay attention to. All or nothing is never, ever true. It's not true when it comes to nutrition. All right. Speaking of balance, because we've been talking about balance a lot. Number four, there is no guilt in balance. 
all right? The reason why we get ourselves caught in this trap or this loop is because then we start to feel guilty and ashamed of our choices and then we want to hide, <laughs> right? And so I don't want you to ever feel guilty and I don't want you to ever feel ashamed because again, you are not a bad person. You are not a bad person based off of what you have eaten. You're not. Food is not good or bad. You are not good or bad pending what you choose to eat. But if you want to try to alleviate some of that guilt that's going on in that all or nothing thinking, then we need to strive for balance. All right, so I'm going to give you a couple tips. Yeah, what do I have here? Two, four, six, eight. I have about like nine or ten tips here that I'm going to give you. Just all about balance. All right, so... Number one, I talk about this all the time, is your plate, right? Aim for a quarter of your plate protein, a quarter of your plate starch, and half your plate vegetable. All right, that's balance. All right, if on this particular day, you know, a third of your plate is vegetable, a third is starch, a third is protein, okay, right? That's still balance. All right, bring a vegetable. Bring a vegetable to the meal you're going to. I don't care if they told you to bring sweet potatoes. I want you to bring a vegetable too, right? Usually it's very difficult to make half of your plate vegetable because there aren't a lot of vegetables offered. The starchy sides steal the show. So by you bringing a vegetable, you know that you will have options. If you're making the meal, if you're hosting, make sure you have one or two or I would love three or four different vegetable options. That way you can fill your plate. It's colorful. It looks good. Tastes good. You have variety. It's perfect. All right. So aim to have balance in your plate and then bring a vegetable just to make sure that there's something for you to select. All right. Number two, pick a lane. Drinks, appetizers, or desserts. Pick, pick a lane, right? If Thanksgiving meal is your favorite part, then you want to enjoy that part. Okay, like I love all the foods in Thanksgiving. So appetizers to me, not even worth it. I can have appetizers any day of the year. You know, typically we don't serve appetizers for our Thanksgiving meal. Um, you know, and I, I can't even think offhand right now what a Thanksgiving appetizer would look like. One that's devoted just to this day. So appetizers for me are an easy, easy out. Um, drinks, right? We had a, a whole podcast on alcohol uh, like a couple weeks ago. If you haven't listened to it yet, definitely, definitely take a listen to it. Uh, but for some people, that's a non-negotiable. Okay. All right. Or desserts. Now, I would say if you're going to choose desserts, Maybe choose one you don't get all the time. Now, you already know I'm not picking pumpkin pie. But if we go to my parents' house, a lot of times they will have ice cream to make ice cream sundaes because the kids really enjoy that. That's not usually the dessert I choose either because I can make an ice cream sundae any day of the year. right? I'm going to have the dessert that I don't get all the time that maybe I only eat at Thanksgiving. And that's what I'm selecting. But you do you. You pick the one that resonates with you all right but again try to 
glance over the ones that you get all the time. They're not special on that day. Keep the things special to the day. All right, number three, pace yourself if you're able. Right? There's no reason why you have to go right from appetizers to the meal to dessert all in one sitting. Right? If able, get up in between, move around, go do something active. You know, give your stomach a little bit of a break so you're actually hungry for the next course. Right? How many times have you been to a meal and you're, you're, you're not even hungry? But because it's served, well, all right, I guess we'll go do this next. And then you don't even really fully enjoy the next part because you're overstuffed from the, the course before. So if possible, pace yourself. If you're at a place where they serve one right after the other, maybe you just decline the, the dessert and just say, I'll have some later. I'm just not hungry right now. That's okay. You have that choice. You are able to make choices for your body. All right, number four, move, right? Move your body. You know, even if it's just for a walk earlier in the day, give yourself 10 minutes. If you're hosting and you're telling me I don't even have 10 minutes, you know, set the timer, walk around the house two times, and then go back to cooking. And then anytime you have a spare minute or two, go do it again. Movement helps you think more clearly. It improves your mood. It helps you to think more rationally. That's what we're looking for here. I'm not asking you to move so you burn more calories. I'm asking you to move so you can do your best thinking. Remember, Thanksgiving starts in your head, not with your plate. All right. I don't even know what number I'm at here. Number five, don't save up for the meal. That's not balance. Don't save up for the meal. Nothing good can come from skipping meals earlier. All that's going to happen is you're going to get really nauseous and lightheaded, might even get shaky from low blood sugar. And then when the meal is served, you're going to eat it, but you won't even eat it at a normal pace. You're going to shovel it in because you're so hungry. And a lot of times when we're eating at a pace where we're shoveling, we're going to overeat because we're going to bypass any fullness signal that possibly could come to, come to us. So I want you to eat throughout the day, right? Think about when you're going to eat. Are you eating at lunch? Are you eating mid-afternoon? Are you eating at dinner? Just eat normally throughout the day, all right? No reason to save up. That's just a recipe for disaster. Uh, eat slow, right? Eat slow is definitely another tip. Savor right? How many times have you gulped your Thanksgiving meal in like three minutes? Oh, that gets me, especially if I'm hosting. I just spent like eight hours preparing this meal and everybody finishes it in less than four minutes. Oh my goodness, that drives me nuts, right? We all say that Thanksgiving is our favorite, but yet we're not taking the time to savor the flavors, right? And then when our brain doesn't remember doing it, we eat more or we want to do over because we didn't really fully get the experience the first time. So please slow down. If Thanksgiving is your favorite meal, actually enjoy it. Move the food around your mouth. Let it touch different taste buds. Get the full experience that you're looking for. Slow down. All right. Um, if you are a picker. And when I say that, I'm talking to myself here. 
after the meal is over, I am completely satisfied. I'm, you know, comfortably full. And then comes the time to put the food away. And this is where I pick. Oh, look, there's only about two tablespoons of this left. I could just eat it instead of putting it in a Tupperware container. Oh, look, as I was dumping this food into the Tupperware container, some spilled out. I'll just put that in my mouth instead. And that's where I always end up going wrong because then I overstuff myself eating as I'm trying to clean up. So if you struggle with this as well, my tip is to wash dishes. Get your hands in the soapy water and not on the food that you're putting in Tupperware. It's a great tip. It works every time. All right. And last tip. Not really a tip, more of a a plea. Please do not think you can only eat turkey and green beans. I started with this and I'm ending with this. Unless that's what you really, truly want. I want you to be open to another way. This is where you're truly going to get satisfaction. You're going to feel good about yourself. You're not going to feel guilty. And you're going to jump right in the next day, right back on track with where you want to be. And all will be good. Okay? So I personally forbid turkey and green beans with the exception to the people that tell me they hate all the Thanksgiving sides. And to that, I don't understand, but that's okay. That's okay. All right, guys, it's time for your recipe. All right, today we're doing pumpkin breakfast cookies. All right, so for this recipe, you're gonna need a quarter cup of coconut oil melted, a quarter cup of honey, one cup of old-fashioned oats, the rolled old-fashioned oats, and then one cup of quick-cooking oats, two-thirds cup of unsweetened dried cranberries, two-thirds cup of pumpkin seeds, a quarter cup of ground flaxseed, one teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice, a half a teaspoon of sea salt, a half a cup of pumpkin puree, and two eggs beaten. Now, just a quick note. That's a half a cup of pumpkin puree, not pumpkin pie filling. There's a difference. Pumpkin puree is just pure pumpkin. All right, for this recipe, you're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. You can go ahead and line a baking sheet with parchment paper if you have it. And then you're in a small bowl. You're going to warm up that coconut oil and honey. In a large bowl, you're going to combine the oats, the cranberries, the pumpkin seeds, ground flax, pumpkin pie spice, and salt. Once you've combined that, go ahead and add your pumpkin puree, your eggs, and your warmed coconut oil and honey, and stir until fully combined. And then you're going to drop them, I don't know, about a quarter cup size scoops. It's going to be a big cookie. On, um, on the cookie sheet, go ahead and flatten that. Bake for 15 to 20 minutes or until the edges are lightly browned. And then let those cookies cool on a baking sheet before putting them in an airtight storage container. And there you have it. That is your pumpkin breakfast cookie recipe. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you and your family and friends all have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. And it is my pleasure to be here each week and share this information with you. If you ever need anything at all, please reach out to us. 
bodymetricshealth.com. That is our, our company. We have, oh goodness, at this point, 10, 11 dietitians ready to help you. And, um, and so, yeah, that's who we are and that's what we do. And we do take health insurance. So that's always nice as well. All right. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.